the Daily Rios for Monday, April 8th, 2013. Today felt like a good day, what with the past week and weekend of events and the beautiful weather, to slow down for a moment and ramble a bit and talk to everyone out there in listener land. So, hi, how are you? <laughs> Lots of stuff in the news today right, lately, right? We had Carmine Infantino's passing last week. We had news of Margaret Thatcher's passing today. A bunch of comic book conventions happened this weekend, most notably Mocha in New York and the return of the Comic Geek Speak Super Show. And I started watching The Walking Dead Season 3. And then we have this episode, which if anyone is counting, is episode 201, marking the start of the 60 episodes heading to the one-year anniversary of The Daily Rios, which I'll talk about in a bit. I managed to get to Reading this weekend to attend Saturday at the CGS Super Show to say hello to the guys, uh, the listeners that were there, the creators, the friends. This year's show was organized in tandem with the Wild Pig crew, and it's always a pleasure to see and talk with them. I got there around noon on Saturday, and you know what? Six hours go by really fast, but I managed to catch up briefly with people like Paul French, and Darren Noel, Rainbow Cloak, who was truly the belle of the ball. Uh, the Scroggins brothers met Lucky Mustard for the first time, said hey to a bunch of the New York crew that I usually see, Ian Levenstein, Mayotte, Daryl Taylor, Raph, Tony G, Lenny Allen. Uh, these names are, uh, these lists, these name lists are always cause for trouble because I, d I didn't write anything down, and I'm going by memory here, but uh, you know I'm bound to forget somebody. Needless to say, it was a great time, and it was great to hang out and see people I haven't seen for a while. I even managed to get some podcasting plans set up for the future. Julian Lytle was there. He was exhibiting at Super Show. Uh, he's the creator of the webcomic Ants, and he's also the host of Ignorant Bliss Podcast, and we have a topic that we want to bring to your ears, and hopefully we'll get that in the next month or so. Sean Whalen of the Raging Bullets crew was there, uh, as he has been for many, if not all, of the CGS events. But we talked about plans to do another DC-focused chat, so I'm really looking forward to that whenever that happens. I learned about a bunch of new projects in the works from people like Dave Wachter and Brian J.L. Glass, who is so forthcoming in his energy and excitement for his projects. I just really enjoy talking with him. It was great that Jamal Igel and Mike Norton, Norton made it back to Reading. Uncle Sal was there. He's a king. He's an absolute sweetheart. Uh, he had a panel hosted by CGS's Jamie D there. Um, it was tons of fun, and it, it had a lot of laughs. I think it was recorded, so it should drop on the CGS feed at some point. I'll let you know. And it was good to see you know Bruce Rosenberger and Sean Pryor and Erica Hesse and Elizabeth Amber and Monica Gallagher, Daniel Corsetto, Katie Cook, Adam Withers, Comfort Love. I met Tom King for the first time. I talked with the CGS crew, of course, and their significant others. And again... I apologize for not writing everyone's name down. I used to do that all the time on the convention circuit, but trust that it was great to see everyone. And I even managed to walk out of there with a few trades, thanks to Chris at Wild Pig Comics. He hooked me up with Volume 1 of Mark Wade's Daredevil and The Complete Echo by Terry Moore, which I'm really stoked to read. So thank you, Chris, for that. Um, I saw a lot of tweets, people saying, you know, someday I'll get there. To which I say, you know what? Make it sooner than later. If you keep putting it off, you'll never get there. 
make a commitment to go next year uh, if they have it planned out uh, and go because it really is a lot of fun. It's a nice little family gathering there. Mocha was also this weekend, and although I wasn't able to go, from what little I saw online, feedback, what I learned from Mr. Phil, uh, you know, there's a lot of good vibes going around. I thought the addition of an art gallery was great and really kind of obvious. It's strange that it hasn't happened before. I mean, it is the Museum of Comics and Cartoon Art. Why not have original art on display at MochaFest? It, it, it made sense. So I'll be curious to hear more about it from people who were there, people who attended, people who exhibited, see how the crowds were, hear what the buzz books were, and then, uh, you know, see the potential for the future. Hi, I'm Jason Martin, president of Action Lab Entertainment's new creator-owned Mature Readers Comics imprint, Danger Zone. Danger Zone is a brand new line from Action Lab that features creator-owned Mature Readers titles. That's Mature Readers as in simply comic books that are not all ages friendly, so with content comparable to what you'd see on cable television or R-rated movies. A whole new line of books showcasing boundary-pushing, genre-redefining material that ranges from comedy to horror to science fiction or whatever creators can dream up. Nuclear-armed, time-traveling terrorists destroying Las Vegas. Undying, rabid rodents of biblical proportions feasting on flesh. Tommy zombie virus contaminated cocaine-snorting 80s Native icons. Native American drug-abusing college kids freaking out. Gender-swapping barbarians and computer programmers running wild. And undead Hollywood call girl grindhouse action. And that's pretty much it. Your pledges help us print and release the books, and then you can pick up unique and signed versions of them exclusively here, and also get the digital versions here before they're available anywhere else. Plus, we're offering a lot of original artwork and one-of-a-kind opportunities right here on Kickstarter only. Uh, so be sure and check out our full list of rewards for everything you have to choose from. We hope you support our new line of creator-owned books and all of the creators and titles that are part of Danger Zone. Stay alert. Anything goes in the Danger Zone. And as always, you can go to the show notes where I'll post a link to that Kickstarter for Action Lab Danger Zone. So Carmen Infantino passed away last week. I don't think I've ever really talked much about him on CGS or elsewhere, or his work. It wasn't like I was the biggest fan, but I certainly had an appreciation for his contribution to comics, uh, specifically the DC Universe, as well as always continuing to learn about his tenure as editorial director at DC, something that I don't think he was very, very really comfortable with, you know. Although he did sign Jack Kirby to DC, which is a bit of a feather in his cap. Um, outside of some comics handed down from my uncle, such as an Incredible Hulk issue, Spider-Woman number two, a Nova issue, Avengers 203, the first comics I purchased on my own, off the rack, that featured Infantino artwork were Flash 326 and Daring New Adventures of Supergirl 
number 12, both with a cover date month of October uh, 1983. The Flash issue has the cover with a close-up of Flash's wrists in handcuffs and was the start or near the start of the long, long, long Flash trial that would play out to issue 350. The Supergirl issue wasn't anything major, although the next issue, issue 13, that's where she got her new costume as a way to connect a bit to, at that time, the upcoming Supergirl movie. And then once she donned the headband that Kryptonians at that time wore, um, that's the costume that she would be in during her death in the Crisis on Infinite Earths. And really that's where it remained for my own personal experience with him, outside of a random Superman issue or DC Comics Presents issue. Um, the majority of his stuff in my collection comes from Barry Allen Flash and that Supergirl series. Now, he also did most of the issues of DC's V-series from the mid-80s. Remember that? Um, there was the Kurt Busiek Red Tornado miniseries, entries in Who's Who and in Hotmoo. But again, it really was Flash and Supergirl that I got the most exposure to his work. And I was always fascinated with the way he did hands. Sometimes they were in positions that took me a lot of work to get into, especially if someone was holding a microphone, or there's a Flash cover where the JLA are voting for or against the Flash, uh, and they're all doing it by way by way of thumbs up or thumbs down on the cover. And if you try to mimic what they're doing, it's really kind of awkward. <laughs> uh, and then there's his cityscapes and his architecture that are futuristic and amazing and almost utopian looking. Uh, his Gorilla City was genius. I really must have liked him well enough to pick up uh, the amazing world of Carmine Infantino hardcover that was put out by Vanguard in 2000. And that was by J. Der David Spurlock. I love reference material, but I don't have many on my shelf that focuses on individual artists. And yet, something about that hardcover spoke to me, and I, I just had to pick it up. So, another legend has passed. Not many remain. Uh, you know, I'll echo something that I said on CGS uh, a lot. You know, get out there and meet these people at cons. If they mean something to you, they may not be out there for long. And you know what? That goes for old and young alike these days. Now, I certainly don't have much to say about Margaret Thatcher. Um, not that anyone would probably think that I would. But I, initially for today's episode, I tried to find an interview with Alan Moore about her since his 80s work, especially V for Vendetta, was in some way a reaction to Thatcherism and what was going on in England at the time. But then I said, you know what? That could come across a little too crass, regardless of the politics and the history and all that I just don't know about, you know, what went on. Um, all I really do know is through the few interviews I read uh, by Alan Moore talking about her, again, in light of V for Vendetta, and that just didn't feel like enough for me. That didn't feel like it was honestly coming from me or from a place that I believed in, or something like that. Like some of those other mini audio clips, or things that I'm thinking about, or maybe it's news of the day, or it's something that I really do think about. But I just thought it was a little too crass, and I, th I said, you know what, regardless of everything, I'm not going to do it. And uh, certainly what Alan Moore has said about her is more than enough to give me a push to, you know, really want to know more. Um, but I decided to do, you know, this, this episode instead.
you know, I, I'm a firm believer that great works come out of times of great tension. And that's something that, you know, Alan Moore certainly, um, not necessarily believed in, but that's something that happened with him, you know, great tension in his country at the time. And we had some great works because of it. Um, and that, that certainly means that it's at least worth researching. What do you do when you're raised to be a weapon, but you're tired of death? How do you quit the past when violence is all around you? When somebody pushes you far enough, you push back. And if they're not dead already, it's only because I haven't killed them yet. Hi, Rachel Alec here, star of Ghostline and Officer Down. I'm training for my next lead role as Tura Gun Angel based on the comic book character by Martheus Wade. Like Catwoman and Black Widow, Tura can seduce you one minute and kick your butt the next. Come see me in action at TuraGunAngel.com. Finally, this is episode 201, which means there are 60 more episodes to go until the first year anniversary of the Daily Rios, including this episode, I should say. And yes, I do have some things planned for year two. Ways to make the show different, to cover more things if that's possible. But with perhaps not as much work that is needed to go into the show on a daily basis. I'll explain that later, though. All to say, in the next 60 episodes, before we get there to year two, uh, over the next three months, I'll finish up the Tower rebroadcast uh, and start the new Tower <laughs> with a new fresh coat of paint. I'll drop the final DC Noise episode next week. This Wednesday will be my Marvel Now six-month report card. We have Superman's 75th anniversary in 10 days, if all the history records are correct. Um, I figured out what I want to do with Timeline Tuesday once I've gone through one year's worth. If you heard Tower episode number two, you'll already have an, a clue as to what I want to do. And after that, who knows what else? Each day is a new day. Something happens that motivates me to do an episode, such as the Carmine Infantino tribute. Um, or I'll get feedback that demands immediate reaction, or something in my day will kick something off, some kind of episode, some kind of topic. All to say, a comic convention weekend is always a good way to rejuvenate and kickstart ideas and energy for all kinds of things, you know, not just comics. Uh, a, a good comic convention, good weather, good people, good times, things to look forward to here on the Daily Rios, hopefully. So, uh, once again, I have to say, you know, thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. And let's keep the discussion going. And I will see you tomorrow.